Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope today's message encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy today's message. All right, good morning, everybody. Wonderful to see you. I hope your December is going great. Uh, Obviously, today we have a little different setup, and so I'm going to jump right into it. And we're going to continue in this this series, A Gift Given, but we're going to do so in a different way. And uh, sometimes when you have like church announcements, they're always bad. And so I want to put everybody at ease. This is a good moment. (laughs) All right, I'm going to ask Pastor Phil, your friend, my friend, to join me. We're going to talk about what God's doing in his life. So if you would, would you welcome Pastor Phil McMillan to join me? Hey, let's sit down. (laughs) April will join us on this stool later. I got a lifesaver in my mouth. I had a coffee breath. And even though you're not going to smell my breath, I still felt like I needed to have a a lifesaver in there just just in case you could smell it. So, so, uh, this this past summer, uh, I was spending some time in prayer and uh, felt like the Lord told me that I needed to talk to Pastor Phil about what God was doing in his life. And, um, and I, I said no for about a week. And it was a miserable week. And then we had this conversation, and the, the best courage that I could muster was to kind of just crack the door open a little bit and go like, could God be saying something? And, and when I did... Pastor Phil just like busted the door open and said, yes, I'm not surprised. God's been dealing with me. He's been speaking to me. And, and so we began this uh, just season of seeking God together, meeting with each other a bunch and, and going, God, what do, you, what do you have? What are you saying? How are you leading and there's a, a wonderful, horrible thing that we don't get to control each other's lives. We get to submit to Jesus and then cheer each other as we obey him. And, and Phil and April are doing that. And, and so God's opened a door for them, and he's going to tell you about that. And so as I thought about today, as we, we make this announcement of uh, Pastor Phil and April and their family transitioning... Um, I don't want to say out of Ocean Church because that's not the reality. They will always be Ocean Church. They're always going to be part of this family, and, and, and we're going to, this isn't like a going, this is a sending. And this is what we see in Acts chapter 13, where God said, he said to the church, he said, separate to me Barnabas and Paul for the special work that I have for them. And so that's that's what this is. And so... Uh, but before, um, well, actually, let's do this. Once you, once you share a little bit, and then I have some things that I want to share. Cool. Um, I'll read a verse to you. Uh, you can write it down. Psalm 37. That's that, that whole chapter is one of my favorite uh, chapters in Scripture. But Psalm uh, 37, 23, I often quote, it says, The steps of a man are established. Some translations say the steps of a righteous man or the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. 
When he delights in his ways, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. Yeah. And uh, Pastor Mike alluded to some uh, the reality that we live with of surrendering our plans. How many have heard the statement, um, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans? Can we ever hear that? And uh, so you don't know this, but today, December 10th, uh, 2013, is when I moved to Southwest Florida. And so today marks 10 years wow. to the date wow. that I moved to Southwest Florida. And I moved down here. I was working in finance. And I had a whole plan for how that was going to work. And, um, you know, the Lord laughed and he was patient with me. Uh, but eventually I got back into ministry. And uh, 2016 is when I came on staff uh, very uh, reluctantly. And, uh, you know, my, my heart, I think when... Anytime, you know, I graduated college, I had a desire to, to be a lawyer, and uh, yeah, not really, a, uh, didn't really follow through with that, but <laughs> I got my degree in political science and wanted to go to law school, and then kind of flubbed around a little bit after college, and I just found a job, and I was working in a corrugating company, putting boxes together. I found myself putting boxes together, and an opportunity opened up at the church that I met my lovely wife. April at uh, an opportunity opened up there to serve people that were working uh, in addiction recovery. So that was my entrance into ministry, and it was a desire to be able to serve more people. That, that's why I took that job. And then I left ministry, and then I got involved in finance because it was a desire to serve more people. It was an opportunity to serve people in an area that I was really passionate about and helping people with just uh, establishing wealth, generational wealth. Um, and then I left finance as I moved down here and got back into ministry simply because it was an opportunity to serve more people. And I'm transitioning to an opportunity simply for the fact uh, that it's an opportunity to serve more people. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about an organization that, that I've worked with in the past for a number of years that I'm incredibly honored and humbled to be working with. So I will be, I feel like LeBron James, I'm taking my talents to... <laughs> I'll be taking my skills and talents and, and, and God's blessing to Springfield, Missouri. I'll be working with uh, Convoy of Hope, uh, an incredible organization. Yeah, praise God. So, when we started talking, um, it, it was kind of one of those deals where we just said, well, let, I, I did, y'all, I didn't have anything lined up. It was just I knew the Lord was stirring something in my heart to say, hey, th there's a little bit more that I'm calling you to. Uh, you know, that, that having you know, just walked through difficult seasons here and, and the Lord strengthening me to a place of health and me and my wife and um, just knowing that, all right, like the church is healthy, like God is doing good things here. This is a, this is a good season for us. Our girls are eight and four. And we said, you know what, let's, let's go ahead and trust the Lord in it. So we just sat in the discomfort of it for, you know, a good month or two. And, uh, and then, you know, different doors of opportunity would open up uh, and nothing really felt right. And then this opportunity opened up with Convoy of Hope and um, very, uh, again, reluctantly, I first went to Springfield. Oh, I'll make you laugh real quick. Um, I got on a plane and I was speaking at African Vision of Hope in St. Louis and I went to Springfield first to have some meetings and I got off the plane and it was a, it was a, um, how many, like, how many are from up north, like? Right? Like we all are, right? I mean, just, um, I got off the Who's plane, not from up north? and it was kind of like a typical, it was like gray, the leaves are falling off, it was kind of pretty, but it was like a gray day, and my first thought was like, Lord, I cannot 
move from Southwest Florida. I'm like, Lord, you know where I'm, um, I live, and this feels like maybe where I came from, not where I want to go. But God has met me and, and my wife in an incredible way as we've trusted him, and he's given us vision. And, y'all, I get to, I get to raise money for, for hungry kids all over the world and all around the U.S., and um, I'm really excited. Well, I want to elaborate even more because I, 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 I love the, the way that, um, you, I mean, I want to make sure that you guys know God's anointed Phil in such a special way that, that there's just these amazing community connections that just expand from him. And he's served our community every time a hurricane has hit. He's been right at the, in, the, in the front lines and, and helping and organizing and, and uh, just it's, there's an anointing on his life for that. And so it's so exciting for me to see he's stepping into a role at Convoy where he gets to, to go in and help serve churches that maybe don't have a vision for missions, have a heart but not a vision. And he gets to interact with pastors and, and, and really, this, is, this leads me to, to how I want you to, to know Phil in a way that maybe you don't, you don't immediately know Pastor Phil. You may know him as a, as a wonderful uh, teacher and preacher, and, and it was, you know, so funny. Anna's always so more spiritual than me, but so I'm, I'm kind of sad about all this, and so I'm, I'm telling her and, and talking about it, and she's like, well, you can have him come back and preach any time, right? So, like, Yeah. She's like, all right, so what's the big deal here? <laughs> and, uh, but but here, here, here's what I want to share. And April, if you would mind, would you join us? Because I, I want to say this to both of you. Um, so when Anna and I moved here in, in 2018, it was, it was an interesting time at the church. And, and I just want you to know that, that uh, Phil McMillan has served this church in, in a courageous way, and he put himself in front and in between a lot of ugliness that was trying to affect God's people. And, and he did so without being told to do so. He did so um, because the love of Jesus fills his heart. And he loves you. He loves the church. And there was healing that, that, that was able to happen because he chose to do that. And that was my immediate, how I, I my first impression of, of Pastor Phil was watching him step into a very difficult place. And all of those, those facets, that's the first way I knew you. And, and I want you to, to hear that. I want you to know that. The second thing that, that I want you to know is, is I, I want you to know him. I want you to know him first as, as a courageous leader. The second is I want you to know him as a humble leader. And it was two and a half years ago that uh, the Lord had a, a shift for Ocean Church. And um, when, I, when, I'm, when Anna and I moved here, Phil was my boss. And in this shift, Phil serving as an elder at Ocean Church is right in the middle of, of the meeting seeking God and, and crying out to God, God, what is the direction that you have for Ocean Church? And in that, he, I remember we, we took a, a long walk. I don't know how many laps we did, but we took there were a number of laps in that walk where he asked me to uh, pray about stepping in in an interim basis and then doing so 
to seek God if this would be something that, that God would have for Anna and I, our family, and for Ocean Church. And I say that because what it meant was that as that transition happened, our roles reversed. And where, where Phil had been my boss, then, then our roles reversed. And it takes a godly man filled with humility to, to not bat an eye at that. It takes somebody that loves the church and is not afraid of the future because they trust God to move into those kind of places. And I want you to know that about him. These are things, as I, as I just prayed about this week, and I, I, I just asked the Lord, Lord, give me the things that you want to impress upon people's heart because I want the right things to come to mind as you pray for and as we partner with what God's doing in Phil and April's life. And the last thing that I want to say is, uh, April, as long as I've known your husband, he has cared more and more to be a husband and a father. And um, that has come before everything. And I've watched that be the work of God in his life. And I watched him submit to every bit of godly discipline that God would have for him in what that looked like, that you would be priority and that your girls would be the beneficiary. And so it makes, it makes this moment... Um, and I've mourned for a long time, so I know some of you are like, you're going to need some time to mourn, and that's fine. I'm able to hold it together here because I've been able to mourn for a while here. Um, but the reason that we can have confidence in what God's doing here is because there's no ambition in this couple. There is submission to the heart of God and courage to live by faith. And those are things that I want to fill our hearts today. And, uh, and then we get to say yes in a, in a beautiful way by praying and partnering with what God's doing yeah. in your life. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. <clears throat> I, I want to just share a quick word about transition, and then we'll see if my wife has something to say. So, <laughs> um, you know, from the time we enter into a new season, a new place, there begins the process for transition. We're all in transition, and I just uh, I had a show of hands before, and had, most of us have transitioned from one place to another place. And I really believe in, in the church that maybe hasn't always modeled transition well in what godly transition looks like, but I truly believe after walking through transition the way that we have is that transition could be and should be one of the most relationship-building moments yeah. in our lives. Yeah. Oftentimes, there are relationship-breaking moments, and sometimes there's things that are outside of your control. And here's one truth that I would share with you is transition's not a, it's, it's not a breaking away, it's a branching out. And it's not losing a relationship, it's finding a new way to relate. And like Pastor Josh alluded to, I've, I've known Josh as, first I knew him with really great hair, which I envied <laughs> incredibly, and still to this day. Uh, in spite of that, I, I knew him as uh, our campus pastor in Cape Coral. I knew him just as a great man of God. And then I got to know him as, as my pastor and, and my boss. But as we're even talking about relationship today, I know Josh is going to hit on that in a, in a few moments, that um, I, I'm really looking forward to really Josh becoming one of my best friends. 
And uh, this is the, the blessing and the beauty in transition. It's that you guys get to know me. Y'all, so y'all will still see me, and, and you'll call me Pastor Phil, and that's fine. But I just get to be your brother. And uh, when, when I come back, so it, it's, it's not a losing. It's not a breaking away. It's a branching out. And there's so much that Ocean Church has sowed into us just as a couple. Um, I remember just the prophetic word that we had that we would have children. We had tried for years and, and miscarriage, and it was spoken out of this house that we would have children. And, 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 and we have two, and it's a blessing. Do you want to share anything? I thought a lot about <laughs> whether I was going to say anything because this is very much not my comfort zone <laughs> being up here, but I didn't want to like let this moment pass and not say something because this is very significant and um, well, Phil encouraged me to just try to distill it down to like one main thought <laughs> and I, we've just been so loved here. Um, when I think about like coming down and just it being the two of us and then having Olivia and then Abigail and like it was like the baby showers and their birthdays and just other moments of our lives where um, I just felt like the way that we've been like loved and embraced has just been like more than I would have thought made sense and I just like people just we've just been so loved <laughs> and um that's just been really special to me. I, this, these, these 10 years, um, this community and the friendships that we've built here has just been really special. I mean, I've moved more than a few times in my life, but this is like a hard one. <laughs> it, in the past, it was just kind of like, okay, well, it's just, you know, we roll with it. And now I'm like, oh, this is hard. When he first started to talk about it, I was like, I, no. <laughs> um, but I know that God is with us and, and he's, you know, I agree with everything that was said here. I, but um, the other thought that I had was, I mean, I know that I've been in church services where there was moments like this and I, didn't have a connection to the people on the platform and it was a little weird and <laughs> I thought for the person that um, if you're visiting or you're new here, um, maybe you're figuring out like where God is placing you and you know, only he can tell you if it's here or not but I could say like, I mean, he's really doing something special here and um, there is like such a love in this place, and I know that we haven't been the only ones that have experienced that, so um, hopefully that's a comfort to someone if you're figuring out where you belong. There's definitely something special happening here. So, so good. All right, we're gonna have a wonderful moment of participation, so if you would, would you, would you join me in standing? And then I, I just ask you to just extend your hands. And, you know, the Bible talks about the laying on of hands. And so just as a, as a symbolic, uniting your faith together for God's hand and his blessing 
over Phil and April's life. Would you join me and let's pray. Father, we thank you for these moments. God, thank you for what you're doing. Lord, you alone know, you alone hold and measure, Lord, the faithful moments that have come out of this couple. Lord, I, we, we could be here all day, but, but you, and we wouldn't hit them all. You alone know. And so, Lord, we simply ask that according to your measure, God, would you pour yourself out on our friends? Lord, anoint Phil in a special way. Anoint April in a special way. God, we say increase like never before. Lord, anoint them in ways that even surprise them. God, in every assignment that you have in front of them, God, we say yes to it. We bless them. And God, I pray that their hearts today would soak up the love of this community and most importantly, the love and the affirmation of their father who is so pleased. And God, I pray that today, Lord, will be a day that marks them in such a special way. We bless them. We love them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. They're going to come help us. April, you don't have to. <laughs> now, there is an area out front that uh, we have set aside for Phil and April where they'll be out there. And so, and, and today is not the last day that you'll see them. So let me put everybody at ease there. That today is not the last day that, that you'll see them. They'll be here through the end of the month and into January. And so just, just take advantage. Don't let there be a vacuum of love and appreciation. Amen? All right, you may be seated. Thank you for uh, participating with us. Th this is not a, a, an unconnected place, and, and I want to pick up from where, where I talked about last week. And we talked last week about the gift of integration, that our lives are not to be separate lives. And, and I think that... that you know, the, the pain that we feel in moments like this are significant, is significant because relationships like this matter. We're, we're, not, we're not built to be robots that, that, that just simply move on and say, okay, well, that's, that's great. See, uh, I'm going to stay in my world. No, no, our hearts are connected. It, it hurts because it matters. It hurts because these are, these are integrated lives. These aren't separate areas that we just dismiss. And, and so last week we talked about this, and I'll do my best to, to write with good handwriting. But we talked about three areas of our life that, that for so many become separated, and we become different people in each area instead of an integrated life with Christ in each area. And this very much fits in this, this category of, of love and relationships. And I want to talk just briefly about the gift of friendship, because Jesus said some very special words in John 15. And so everything that we're going to talk about in relationship, it stems from these words. In John 15, Jesus said this. And I think it's important that... that we note that it's him saying it, not the disciples saying it to him. But he says to the disciples, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. 
And there is this, this place of, of relationship and friendship, of integration in, in, in our relationships that he invites us to. And so the way that we interact with each other is really based on the measure of the grace of Jesus, that how much we're allowing how he treats us as friends to fill us, transform us, and then affect the way that we interact with each other. It's very interesting to me because it's not, it, these are not just this um, clean, you know, clear thing. It's, it's messy, isn't it? Like friendships and relationships, they're messy. Like there, there are some of you in here that when you load your dishwasher, you don't put all the forks in like one container and then the spoons in another and then the knives in another. And then the kids, you know, their silverware in like a special place. And, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how anyone could live outside of that place. <laughs> and yet some of you do. And yet by the grace of God, we interact and we somehow have friendships. <laughs> so messy. But there are these very real things that, that we see differently and we do, we do differently and, you know, the Bible talks about friendship, and, and Proverbs says this, as iron sharpens iron. And, y'all, that's a rough process. That's not a smooth process. And so let me say it this way. The rough edges of you are needed in my life so that there's growth in my life. You know, sometimes we get into this minutia of like, well, how do I view these, you know, these relationships? And I got people in a group and I got friends from before and friends now. This is simply what I want to invite us to do is to, to go back and go, how does Jesus look at you and I as friends? What is his perspective? His perspective is that our relationship is always growing. He, he's always there for it to grow. He doesn't get bogged down and going like, well, it's been a bad week, so I'm going to take a step back. And there's things that, that we see in, in our relationships and that, that I want to address by how we see them in the way Jesus extends friendship to you and I. The vision is this, that, that in every area, in the area of relationships, the love, our marriage, our family, our friendships in faith and in work, our expectations are set on Jesus. And I want you to see how damaging it is for our lives when we take, anytime that I, that I get the, the honor of doing pre-marriage counseling, we, we take this, this idea in, in marriage because if Anna sets her expectations for purpose, for fulfillment, for identity on me, that is a weight that will crush me. I cannot bear that weight. Jesus alone can bear that weight. Amen. One of the most important places that, that we, we have to get a hold of and we have to learn in marriage is that we don't set the expectation of identity and purpose, fulfillment on our spouse's shoulders, like it is your responsibility. My happiness is your responsibility. So if I am not happy and I am not fulfilled, then you're not doing your job. You're not doing this right. We are not created to set those expectations 
on each other. We're created to set them on the only shoulders that can bear them. Those are the shoulders of Jesus. It's the same. You, you, you see this, and, and, and this is why it's so important that you get, a, you get a perspective of an integrated life, and so that, that as we work and in the jobs that we have, our expectation is not on those jobs for fulfillment, for identity, for purpose, but our expectation is set on Jesus, that he would lead us and he would guide us, and if he has us in a job right now that, it, that makes, makes us uncomfortable, then his purposes in our life are bigger than our uncomfort in that moment. That what he is doing in the rough edges of those times is bigger than our comfort in that moment. That his purposes are bigger. There's an account in, in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19 that I would invite you to go back and look at. But let me give you just a, an overview of it. Elijah's the, the prophet and he's crying out to God because the people of the land, they're, they're, they're far from God. And the king Ahab has married a, 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 a wife that... that not just draws him away from the Lord, but is just like a divider for the entire nation. Her name is Jezebel. It's kind of become a verb or a noun now, like a Brazilian soccer name, Jezebel. It's just bad. So not that Brazilian soccer names are bad, but so there, there's this incredible moment in first Kings 18 where God shows up and all the people of, of the land are there. All the people of Israel are there and they see that God is the one true God, the false gods that Jezebel was pushing, not real, not able to, to answer. God is the one true God. You would think this would be the, the, the mountaintop moment for Elijah. But as I looked at this, this is what the Lord showed me. Elijah began to put his expectations on Ahab turning in that moment. And you can read it and you can see this affection that, that Elijah has for Ahab where he's going like, hey, we can do this. We can turn this nation. You and I, I'm going to be the prophetic voice. You be the godly king. Get your home in order. Destroy the false worship, the, 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 the false God worship that's happening in your home. Come on, we can do this. And you see Elijah just, just reaching out for Ahab as a friend going, we can do this. We're going to turn the nation. And he sets this expectation on a man. And 1 Kings 19 records that Elijah goes home and he doesn't do that at all. He goes right back in the same failure controlled by his wife, worshiping false gods. And so when our expectation goes in relationship from people, and again, I'm, I'm, I, we're acknowledging that it's messy. All of us have dealt with disappointment in relationships. All of us have to wrestle with this thing of, of going like, how do I go forward in relationships when I've been disappointed? Hey, maybe you're here and you're in day one of like a, a horrible breakup and you're going, I don't ever want to go through that again. All I'm going to ask us to do is to, to ask God to meet us in this moment and say, God, help me see what it looks like to set my expectations on you. Three things that I, that I see from the friendship of Jesus that, that transforms our life because he... he lives this way with us. He didn't just live this way. He lives today this way. 
Number one is he, he gives us friendship before we deserve it. His relationship with you and I is not based on how good we are doing today. His posture towards you and I is not based on what we look like today. His posture towards us is based on his righteousness, not yours. He, he invites us to this place, and we see it over and over again. You know, one of the main times that, that come to mind in Luke 22 Right before Peter goes out and denies Jesus three times, Jesus says these words to him. He says, Peter, listen, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. He's going to put you through a rough process. The sifting process was, was, a, was a process that was so rough that it, it rendered that seed unable to multiply. It could only have one purpose. Jesus was saying to Peter, listen, you're going to go through it, and you're going to think that you have nothing to offer you're going to think that nothing good can come out of your life. But then he has these wonderful words. He says, but I have prayed for you. So when you have repented, turn and strengthen your brothers. Peter didn't deserve that. What, what would happen? How would our relationships be transformed if we begin to see people? And, and I wish 1 Corinthians 13, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. It, we know this. I wish it started with, this is a chapter for you and how you view your friends after they've wronged you. Because it, it, it distills it down in a way that it makes it difficult. But Jesus believes the best about you and I before we deserve it. The book of Romans, verse 5, or chapter 5, says that while we were still sinners, he, cried, he died for us, believing the best. That's the friendship that we have with Jesus. The second is that this friendship with Jesus, at times it wounds us for our best. I can almost guarantee if you, if you had talked to Pastor Phil in the, in the moments of, of, of this transition and, and, and in some of our conversations, it's disorienting to be put in a place where you're going, okay, God, I don't see it all clearly. I just want to obey you. And it's painful. There, there's, there's times where you're going, God, what are you doing? Where are you? This doesn't feel good. But if we set our expectation on him as the friend that he is, then even the places, and I want to say this to, to those of you that, that have been in, in things specifically where relationships have been splintered and divided and it feels like it's never going to be restored. I simply ask you, set your expectation on Jesus. Fill your heart with how he meets us even in the worst. There's plenty of examples of Jesus just bringing it with his disciples, telling Peter, get behind me, Satan. Probably didn't feel good. Psalm chapter 141, verse 5 says this, let the godly strike me, it will be kindness. If they correct me to soothing medicine, don't let me refuse it. 
Even in the difficulties of life, I want you to know Jesus is trustworthy. He will be with you through it all. That's the friend that we have. You know, attorneys that work in litigation within companies will tell you that, only not, uh, that over 90% of litigation that happens within companies happens with relationships of people who were once friends. They stopped seeing each other that way and there, there became these, these elements of, am I gonna get reimbursed for this? And he's my friend and we started this together and how could he do this? And, and, and in some way or another, there's division that is authored by the enemy. The last thing that I want you to see, friendship with Jesus brings us to this truth. It dispels fear. I love having people like Pastor Phil and April in my life because what it does is it points me back to this reality. I don't have to be afraid of the future. Why are our hearts encouraged this morning? Because this is a step of faith. This is a step of saying, Jesus, I trust what you say and what you have for me more than the comfort that I can architect for myself. Luke 24 there are two guys walking along the road, and this is how, what we're going to end on. We're going to invite the Lord in this way. It's the account of the, the road to Emmaus. Listen, there are guys walking away from the purpose of God. And it says that Jesus appears, resurrected Jesus appears and starts walking with them. And they didn't recognize him for who he was. And he says, hey, what are you talking about so intently? What are you so emotional about? And they say, you must be the only person that didn't know what happened. But, but these are the words that I want you to grab a hold of. They say, we're talking about Jesus of Nazareth. And then they say these words, we had hope that he was the Messiah. We had hoped. And there's so many disappointments in relationships that we get to this place where we go, man, I, I just had so much hope. I, I was not supposed to be this way. I had hoped that it wasn't going to be like this. I had hoped that it was going to go better. I thought that we'd be friends for the rest of our lives, or I thought that it was just going to go so differently. And they're saying that to Jesus. How ironic they're telling him, our hearts are broken because we had hoped you were who you say you were. And it's really interesting, like if I'm in that spot, I would have just like had spotlights from heaven and just been like, surprise, suckers, I'm here. Where's your faith? But you know what he did? He gave them the same path that you and I have. He walked them through the scripture. He walked them through the word of God, showing the way that, that his walk as a Messiah was prophesied and, he, and foretold and how he fulfilled every requirement. And then it says their eyes were opened. So I want today to be an eye-opening day for us. I want you to know in the ways of your, your heart's in a place of going like, I'm, in, I'm full of disappointment. I had hoped it was going to be different. Jesus wants you to know he's walking with you. 
His word will bring life to you and point you to the ways that he is faithful. Your homework for this week is Psalm 55, 56, and 57. It's the place where where David goes, it wasn't an enemy that betrayed me, it was my friend. It's in this area where my expectations were that you were gonna be good. He said, we went to church together, it was you, It it was my close companion. We sat together. We raised our hands together. We tried to clap on beat together. David said, we're in church together. He says, that's who betrayed me. Psalm 55, he pours out his heart. Psalm 56, he begins to say, hey, I'm going to look to the faithfulness of God. God, you're still with me. Even in the midst of the attack, you're still with me. In Psalm 57, he says this. It it turns into this declarative strength where he says, wake up, my heart. Wake up. See the faithfulness of God. Would you bow your heads with me? I don't know how the Lord wants to reveal himself to you today. I just know that he does. He's the one that declared himself your friend. He's the one that said that his shoulders are the safe shoulders that the expectations of relationship can be set on. And that when you've been betrayed and everything within you tells you to live in defense mode and never put yourself out in a risk place Today he comes to you and said, would you set your expectations on me because I'm faithful. I'm going to be there. I'm actually walking with you. And that's the place of fresh hope. So Father, right now I pray over every single heart. Lord, I pray that, that we would set our expectation on you. Lord, for the hearts that are in pain, that betrayal is fresh for them. Whether it be betrayal at work in relationships that the thought cared and thought mattered or betrayal in in family relationships. Jesus, we worship you and we praise you for your faithfulness, for the faithful friend that you are. Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes to how that you are with us. You have not forsaken us, that you're walking with us and your promises are true. You alone are faithful. We worship you for it. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or would like to connect with us, visit us at oceanchurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.